ever wondered what goes on in the mind of your favorite writer? The emotions. The emotions. Each lie. Everything put together into one book. An experience to cast your mind into a world of endless possibilities. This is Bookcast with Michael Olatumbosu. My name is Michael Olatumbosu. Let's dive into the world of books again today. The book for today is a collection of articles previously published in national dailies, blogs, and social media platforms about Nigeria's president. The articles essentially romanticize President Muhammadu Buhari as a true democrat and anti-corruption czar. The book is titled The Buhari in Us, written by Abdullahi Haruna and published in 2019 by Abuja-based Entourage Publishing Limited. Abdullahi Haruna is a writer, poet and youth activist and peer health educator. He is a public relations strategist and publisher. He holds a Bachelor in Mass Communication from Ahmadu Bello University, Zaria, and a Master's in International Affairs and Diplomacy and Certificate in Business Leadership from Lehigh University, Pennsylvania, in the United States of America. Haruna is a Mandela Washington Fellow and a core Buharist. In this book, the author is unpretentious about his love for Muhammadu Buhari, the President of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. As an unrepentant follower of the President, Aruno acknowledges the fact that Muhammadu Buhari is perceived differently by different people across the Nigerian and global spectrum. But for him and his cohorts in the pro-Buhari movement, Buhari is a phenomenon, a movement and an ideology. His ideological values are ingrained in his policy direction, decisions, and approach to handling national issues. That is how the author kickstarts his exploration of the Muhammadu Buhari person in the introduction of the book, The Buhari in Us. For Abdullahi Haruna, Buhari is an enigma and hero worth studying, emulating, and celebrating for his integrity, accountability, sincerity, and simplicity as virtues that are really found in leaders of today. And from the opening pages of the book, the author is not ashamed to pitch his tent with the president. He states in the introduction to the book, once again, yet emphatically, This book is born out of the conviction that President Muhammadu Buhari has retrieved this nation from the dungeon that successive governments have plunged the nation into. No doubt, Buhari has positioned the country on the right path to progress and prosperity. He submits that Buhari has indeed plucked this nation from the hands of those bent on throwing it into the dustbin of crisis and finger-biting penury. Thus, we begin our journey of exploring this 41-chapter musings of a core Buharist and nationalist whose preoccupation in the book is about exposing to us the man Buhari. One of the issues raised by the author in this book is his concern about how Nigerians have allowed their faulty premises to misdirect them into misreading the pleasant personage and good intentions of the president. He challenges the society's one-sided appreciation of Buhari while the extravagant and inexplicable lifestyle of other fellow Nigerians are unquestioned. So, he asks us to peep into the personal discipline, austere nature, spartan life, balanced leadership and contentment of the man. For him, these qualities strongly impacted on the health of the nation under the astute leadership of Muhammadu Buhari. Quote, as it is, the man will be named on the top list of those who rescued Nigeria from the grips of looters and retired those who arrogated to themselves, the landlords of Nigeria. End of quote. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsumbosun. I am discussing the book, The Buari in Us, written by Abdullahi Aruna. In one of the articles, obviously written before the 2019 presidential election, 
The author indicates that the presidential seat in Nigeria is not for Christians or Muslims, but for Nigerians, and thus we should eschew the campaign that is deeply rooted in ethno-religious bigotry and hate. This is states in the chapter tagged how not to change a government. I quote, you don't change a government with hate and malice. You change government with tact and intelligence. End of quote. That was his charge to Nigerians at the time of campaigns prior to that election. And this charge still holds true today and always. This is because surreptitious plot, campaign of calumny and ethno-religious propaganda will not produce a Nigerian president for the whole of Nigeria. Rather, only sincere electionary ideas will help to find a president who will reform a battered system like ours. While the author's subject matter is the Buhari phenomenon, it takes some time in the book to discuss the vice president, Professor Yemi Oshimbaju. In the chapter, Buhari Oshimbaju, the author asserts that the choice of Yemi Oshimbaju as vice president to Muhammadu Buhari is one of the greatest wins of this administration. He praises Yemi Oshimbaju for choosing loyalty over opportunity at a time that many people were plotting to displace Buhari when he was sick. At that time, Yemi Oshibadio chose to be guided by his conscience to remain faithful to his boss and held the fort for Buhari to return. The author here lavishes praise words on Oshibadio for demonstrating trust and not allowing craving for power to becloud his judgment. He celebrates Yemi Oshibadio for being patient, cerebral and trustworthy and salutes Oshibadio's wife too for her modesty and disciplined life. In this book, the author wonders how people could conclude that Buhari didn't have a secondary school certificate, especially when you consider that he rose to become a general officer commanding, a governor, a minister, a U.S. war college graduate, a head of state, and later president. For Haruna, this was inconceivable, and he questions this elite-inspired conspiracy against Buhari in a society where people are averse to deep reading and historical leaning and swim in intellectual ignorance. The author insists that the laugh is on those who actually believe Buhari has no WIAC certificate. Even after the school he finished from released the certificate to the public and WIAC registrar also attested to issuing the certificate. In the book, The Buhari in Us, Abdullahi Haruna throws hefty jabs at those scoffing at the achievements of Muhammadu Buhari. His stake is particularly turned to previous administrations in Nigeria. He quips, and I quote, and for 16 years, you endured the building of no single world-class hospital by OBJ, Yaradua and Jonathan. But you are overtly angry that in three years, Buhari didn't build hospitals across the Federation. End of quote. And he drops the stats. Stella Obasanjo died in a foreign hospital. Musa Yaradua spent months in foreign hospitals. Patients Jonathan spent months in foreign hospitals. The heavens didn't fall. Now Buhari will now won't kill? End of quote. In the same chapter, the author makes reference to the wanton sacking of incumbent governors, sponsored impeachments of Senate presidents, and the sacking of whole communities during the Obasanjo administration. He alludes to the sacking of governors also under good luck Jonathan. So if this happened during the PDP years, then the author wonders why Buhari is being victimized for governing Nigeria. And immediately posits the answer for the onslaught on Buhari, I quote him now, Reforming a battered system is as difficult as displacing an existing order. To achieve an enduring success, toes are trampled upon, interests dislocated and positions are lost. The status quo has been altered and we do not expect the beneficiaries of that order to sit and watch as their possessions are set ablaze. End of quote. Essentially, the author is convinced that the cloud of opposition that attempts to crowd Buari out is on the instance of those whose sources of livelihood have been threatened. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatunbosun.
In this book, the author's predominant preoccupation is to showcase the virtues of the man, Muhammad Buhari, and to shed light on his passionate, undying love for Nigeria to the extent that he had to present himself to drag the country from the merry clay that it had been dumped by the previous administrations. The focus of the author is also to give the leader a peep into the opposition mounted against Buhari by those who do not mean well for the nation. On all of these fronts, the author presents well-thought-out defense of the man, Buhari. He does so by deploying deep insights into the personality of his subject, by providing facts to show that things are not the way people perceive them to be. For the author, only naysayers may disagree, but he invites these naysayers to be reflective with a mind that is not defined by the pendulum of mischief and needless hate, in order to be able to see that the government is doing all it can to make things right. In the book, the author also digresses to write a eulogy about the people of southwest of Nigeria in relation to the 2019 aspirations of President Buhamadu Buhari for second term and the political trajectory of Nigeria. In his words, quote, The people of southwestern Nigeria, from all empirical evidences, seem to be the most retrospective, calculative and foresighted. They spend time, energy and resources thinking their survival in the murky waters of Nigeria's politics. They are taciturn and deeply reflective in their quests, end of quote. And in postulations that seem to point to Bola Ahmed Tinubu's candidature for the presidency, Haruna makes an audacious statement that equally placed Tinubu on the same pedestal with Obafemi Awolowo. The author writes, and I quote, Not even an Obasanjo can rival Ahmed Bola Tinubu in political worthiness. He earned his status from years of hard work, investments and sacrifices. End of quote. Within the same context, the author places before us his permutations for an Oshimbajo candidacy because of his sustained loyalty, impeccable personal quality, experience and power of incumbency. In the mix of this conversation, however, the author throws in the assertion that power must be equitably distributed in the Nigerian geographical structure. In the book, the author writes about Buhari's legendary signing of the not-too-young-to-run bill into law. Buhari's pact with the poor in Nigeria, as well as the recognition of the mandate of MKO Abiola in the June 12, 1993 presidential election, after 20 years, another milestones of the Buhari administration. He also has words of admonition for whalers and hailers. And he also writes about the media's selective positioning of the Buhari administration. In the final analysis, the author has delivered his mandate in this work, and he does this with brilliance and bounds. His epistolary and journaling formats distinctively make the book accessible and clear to the reader. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsumbosun. Now let's meet my guest, the author of the book, The Buhari in Us. In this conversation, Abdullahi Haruna speaks about his reasons for writing this book, his love for the man, Muhammadu Buhari. Listen now. All right, so let's talk about this book, The Buhari in Us. Tell me, first of all, why did you write this book about Muhammadu Buhari, the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria? Okay, the book Buhari in Us is a series of short articles, uh, you know, written in free-flowing prose uh, in honor of the president. Not, I say, because he's the president, but in honor of an enigma called Buhari. It's somebody that uh, actually crafted to serve as a leader right from the time go. And as an infant or, a, you know, a, a young person, uh, way back in the 80s, I've watched his character, personality. I've seen him demonstrate real leadership quality. 
that actually got me fascinated, you know. So as uh, opportunity gave uh, itself, the political scenario kept unfolding, and I saw this man, you know, presenting himself for leadership. It actually, uh, you know, it, it heightened my curiosity and my love for this man. So I began to put one or two things together about him. Principally, I didn't write this book because he's the president. I wrote the book because of the character he possessed as a human being. We're talking of somebody that has seen it all. We're talking of a soldier, um, a minister of petroleum, you know, a governor, talking about military administrator, you know, who then we're talking of who also became head of state, somebody that, you know, that headed the lucrative petroleum trust fund, then eventually to the point of becoming the president, almost eight years. You do not have any reference about this man, you know, that he's been stained with certain kind of uh, attributes like being corrupt. So it's actually a phenomenon that should become a, a, a reference as far as leadership is concerned. For us, but it, you know, it's a phenomenon. It's actually a movement and ideology. You can't take that away from him. You know, his ideological values are so fascinating that uh, you 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 really want to be like him. So Buhari means a lot for us who believe in him. You can call us the Buharis. You can call us Buhari Dean. We we really want to stand in the posture of the ideological posture of this man. So the Buhari for me, it's uh, it's, it's, it's exemplifies my mindset of a Buhari that I am. You know, for he optimizes integrity, accountability, you know, sincerity, even simplicity. Mm. All these are virtues that are lacking in our current leadership. But one man possesses this. I challenge anybody to want to say who is that man that, is, that has more of this quality than Muhammad Bukhari. Mm. The book actually doesn't just present my sentiment, my brother. It captures the minds of millions of Nigerians who believe that uh, President Muhammad Bukhari is the best as far as this project on Nigeria is concerned. So see what's happening. You know, you, 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 what are you actually for this one? That is vindictive, that is corrupt, that is nepotic. You know, the last time we had a trace of railway was the late 80s or mid 80s. Today, there's what children are now having a, a first-hand experience of uh, railway. Based on uh, what I have seen in your work, you seem to give us the impression that majority of Nigerians are misleading the man called Muhammadu Buhari, right? Exactly. You believe that the very few people who are saying that this man is a man of virtue and you pitch them against the majority who are saying this man is not truthful, is not a man of integrity, as they tell us. Do you think that your own argument, um, I mean, the people who believe in the Buhari person, will really confidently come out to say that Buhari is clean. Like I said earlier, I want you to place about four leaders in Paripasu with Muhammad Buhari, wear them the color white and begin to throw mud at them. You know, throw the mud of corruption at them, throw the mud of nepotism at them, throw the, the mud of primitive accumulation at them. And see the most sane person among these people. See, let's forget propaganda. Muhammad Buhari is the leader that Nigerians should be grateful for in a long time to come. And there's no games, there's no two ways about that. Okay. This is somebody that came when leadership was at its lowest ebb. You know, the economy for children doing uh, so abysmally. Then this man came to give hope to Nigerians. You, you know, why is he not sharing money? That's why it's not popular among the populace. But he's building 
critical is infrastructure so that by tomorrow the suffering we are suffering today will be compensated tomorrow in the long run this is what the man is doing who far successful government in 1999 to 2015 what has been the state of our roads for for uh, Insecurity was the order of the day. Boko Haram had taken over 19 local governments in Nigeria, which are bordering about four states in the capture of the jihadist fighters. But this man came to make this happen. And one thing with life is that the more you solve problems, more conflicts will continue to also come. So that's why today we are greeted with bandits. Bandits definitely were not worse than Boko Haram, where bombs were going up every day and people were dying in numbers. Okay, the rule of God has actually stopped. So you, he may not be our man Friday, but he is a man Monday for the future. You actually published this book in 2019. I observed that uh, most of what you wrote in the book, uh, articles, you know, your musings, just prior to the 2019 election. There's a place where you said that you cannot change a government with hate and malice, that people have to be guided by intellect and be able to direct their ideas into electioneering before they can displace this man. As we prepare for another election, even today, your words are still very right. If we bring them out to the people who are campaigning at the moment, I want to drag you out of the book for a moment and ask you to make comments about the kind of campaigns that we have today as we prepare for the 2023 election. Are you impressed by the content of conversations at this moment? You don't give what you do not have. We've had an orientation of uh, vindictiveness as a people. Our culture is rooted in that of disrespect, discourteous disposition amongst ourselves. We have no respect for intellect. We have no respect for fairness. So people come out and say whatever they want to say. Ideally, elections are not meant to be a platform where people begin to denigrate themselves. Election is a, a, a period where leaders of thoughts actually are presented for people to make their you know, decision, to make their choices. But it's not like that anymore. The trinity of religion, politics, and ethnicity has so, so bedeviled our thinking faculty that anybody that wakes up has an insult for each other. For instance, what crime has a Tinubu to be insulted by a Dinomelai, for instance? Of what importance is Atiku's body posture to a Fanikai or that you make it a subject of a political discourse? Of what importance it will be seemingly, you know, untrue to alleged falsified statistics got to do with his person because he's vying for the president? When you leave issues, you let the people the opportunity of making informed decisions or who represent them. And that is the theater of actors. That is what we are faced with in Nigeria today. As if you ask me, I don't know what the policy direction of Sinibu is. I don't know what the policy direction of uh, Shawere is. I don't know what the policy direction of Peter B. or Atiku is. I don't know what Kankwaso is talking about because they have so much dwell on their persons, the very bad sides of their existence and what they, you know, they and their manifestos. So the 2023 election is not different from the 2019 election. It's the same cycle of regurgitated venom, concentrated bitterness amongst the electorate even and the handlers of these people who are vying for. Nobody is telling me how Ajakuta still will be revived. Nobody is telling me how the issue of ASU will be, there will be an end to permanent strike, you know, uh, strike action, no more strike action. Nobody is telling me. 
Nobody is telling me of how we can actually dredge the River Niger in Lokoja down to the Tinapa, down to Onicha. But these mm. are the conversations we should be we should be having. How Tinubu thought that or forget it was. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatunbosun. Let me come to a part of the book where you said that the presidential seat of Nigeria is not for Muslims or Christians, but for Nigerians and Nigeria. We seem to have defined our politics by ethnic and religious leanings. Are we going to be able to get out of this? Those who are not confident of a victory, you know, the only the weak minds dwell on religion, political and uh, ethnic uh, sentiments to drive home their points. If you are coming to serve me for goodness sake, I'm not interested in the religion you profess. That's your personal disposition. I'm not interested in where you come from. That is your best right. I'm interested in the quality of the things in your head, of the solutions you're bringing to the table. That is my interest. Today, nobody talks about that. Peter and B goes around churches campaigning. Tinibu go to mocks every Friday. Adiku will go to campaign ground be telling people that his wife is Yoruba. Who does this help? What are you talking about? Are we interested in where you come from or the religion you profess? Are you coming to be prophesizing the name of God or the Shati Allah God in the villa? I'm not interested in your tribe, not interested in your religion. I'm interested in how you can, you know, steady my powers of life. How you can keep crime at bay. How you can ensure that young people are gainfully employed. How you can ensure that our hospitals are fully equipped. How you can ensure that power is steady 24 hours, you know, uninterrupted. How agriculture can become a mainstay. How we can begin to have value for our nation. How we can be patriotic. These are what I want to hear you. Give me hope. All right. Okay. Don't wash the fault lines of your tribe or religion. It does not add to modern thinking. I'm still discussing the book, The Buhari in Us. I'm still uh, with Abdullahi Haruna. There's a place in your book where you talked about Bola Ahmed Tinubu. You also, by extension, talked about the Yoruba of the southwest of Nigeria. Will you not be offending sensibilities when you place Tinubu on the same pedestal with Obafemi Awolowo? For a lot of Yoruba people, Obafemi Awolowo is too far away, you know, too high for you to be equating Tinubu with Awolowo. Don't you think you have gone too far in this matter? created in the image of God. If God is so humble to want to put man in his own image, why should human beings now be offended when a, a, a positive reference is made to another person? Tinibu as a person looks up to or lives in the image of, of later Wolowo, the great sage of Africa. The president Nigeria never had. The thinker is Tinibu not a thinker. It takes a thinker to survive the onslaught of the opposition, of the ruling government, and sustain an opposition party for 16 years, my brother. It takes the sagacity of our law for a Tinibu to hold Lagos to where it is from the onslaught of an Obasanjo. It takes the sagacity of an Awolowo for Tinibu to assemble the Southwest under one umbrella, where almost all the governors from the Southwest are from its party. It takes the maverick technicalities or tactics of an Awolowo for a Tinibu to help form a government in 2015. It takes an Awolowo's intellect for a Tinibu to want to become the president of Nigeria come 2023. Awolowo will be in his grave beaming with smile that 
and years, the prodigies he has mentored are living beyond him. So it's mm. not a derogatory reference, it is in fact a worthy reference. That I wonder why even though dead lives on, he's still alive. And that is why the likes of Tinubu are also living in his own state. Mm. They are replicating the existence of an Aolawa. Aolawa can never die, his body may die, but his intellect, his references, his thinking, his philosophy, mm. his political ideology continues mm. to live. Before I let you go, the last chapter in this work, you actually threw that at the media. You are a journalist and a publisher as well. I am wondering why you have this big cane for the media in relation to the man, Buhari, and his administration. Buhari is a leader that has been misjudged, has been misinterpreted by the media. The media gave a falsehood of who Buhari is. In the history of this country, I want to know that president that has set aside stipends for unemployed graduates who has made money available for market women, stipends, unrefunded. But talking of the N-Power, but talking of the trader money, has the media ever given a reference to this man? Has this ever happened even in the U.S.? I don't think it happened. This man we're talking about increased the minimum wage from 18 to 30,000 naira, my brother. The man in reference has paid the Niger Delta states all the withheld allocations, the 13% derivation that the other governments refused to pay. This man has paid. Do you hear it in the media? No, it took a weekend to say that. This man revitalized our rail system. You can travel from Ibado to Lagos on train, from Abuja to Kanu to Kaduna on train, from Itakpa in Lokoja in Koji State to Wari on train. Has it been reported? Have we gone to the airport to see the remodeling that, that is going on? All that has happened? This man met almost an empty post. He was greeted with a global recession. He was greeted with another global pandemic. And yet, Nigeria has no borrow to pay salary like it used to be. Is this man not supposed to be a darling of Nigeria? It's, which is supposed to be a mirror. Has refused to show the world the reality of this man. It's unfair. Okay, Haruna, I would like to bring you to counter statistics and arguments about the administration of Muhammadu Buhari. Yeah. So, the statistics on the ground will point to the fact that Nigeria's foreign and local debt has increased under this administration. The statistics will also tell you that the economy has nosedived, has shrunk under this administration. So, you see, the point is that your representation of the media, are you sure it is not also one-sided as you are accusing them? The media that gives this kind of statistical analysis without balancing reference should be also be questioned. You said the depth of this country has tripled and the economy has nosedived. What is your measurement template? Are we having more production? Is Nigeria ever a producing nation that you have to use the realities across to measure our economy? The depth we question, are this depth, do we have a commensurate uh, reality for this for this depth? Are these debts being used to pay salaries? Are they being used to settle political figures? These are debts, these are monies being used to build critical infrastructures. Are we unaware of this? China has, has come to stay in Nigeria because of what they've been giving us. The money we take from them, it's not shared to anybody. It's not like the Britain Wood kind of loan. These are counterparts loans that defines real governance. You know, these are loans that before you, you give in, it's actually given to the companies that these nations bring and not to Nigerians where it will be squandered. When you go around and 
can see the infrastructural development in this country, you clap for Buhari for justifying those loans. Great nations are built on debt and loans, mm. not by printing money. Monies are not papers you print. As we conclude this conversation, I would like you to tell me, is there anything that you have in this book that you not think you should not have added to the book? The only thing that shouldn't have been added to this book is what I forgot to write. <laughs> so there's absolutely nothing that I regret ever putting in this book. Like mm. I said, this is not a political book. This is a narrative from my prism, from my point of view of a man I've come to idolize, of a man I want to live in his image, of a man of stainless character. So there's absolutely no offense, no regret, because I didn't do it to spite anybody. I did this in appreciation of the man. And to add to the body of knowledge, one thing we, we, we don't do in this country is to appreciate people by putting it in two books. Mm. Today, I have collated my thoughts on the man called Muhammad Buhari and I have it in a book. Abdullahi Haruna, author of the book, The Buhari in Us. Thank you very yes, much sir. for speaking with us. It's my pleasure always. That was my conversation with Abdullahi Haruna, author of the book, The Buhari in Us. I hope you found it enlightening. I thank you for listening. My name is Michael, or Latumbosun. Thanks for listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsumbosun. Drop a comment and engage with Michael Olatsumbosun on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Tumbosun. And join us next time on another episode of Bookcast. Bookcast.